Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast, a one-hour promise program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the foothills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. And today's date is December 1st, 
Yes, he is in control. And, you know, we're going through tribulation. The world's getting in tribulation. I don't know if it is the great tribulation yet, but here's the point. We're here because not of Yahweh's actions, but of our actions. For our not pushing forth truth, not pushing forth righteousness by attending so-called churches that don't speak the truth and just go along with everything else. We are in this, the United States is in the position that it's in, or that world for that matter, is because the world allowed sin. We had a choice. Everything's a two-way choice. Yahweh doesn't force us, but he, it's a choice. We make the choice not to fight. We make the choice to, oh, we need to stay out of things, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, you reap that, Yahweh is not marked, mocked for that what you reap is, that what you sow is also what you shall reap. Anyway, having said that, um, say hello. 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 Don't look like you're feeling well. Oh, I had treatment yesterday on my back and, um, yeah, ouch. Ouch. I guess that means the, the doctor raked her over her colds. That's not a regular doctor, is it? No, he is a chiropractor, and a kinonologist, an acupuncturist, a holocaustic doctor, and uh, a friend. <laughs> yeah, and a friend. And, and if she also sounds a little funny, that's because she ain't got her new teeth in yet. Those, that's still healing, right? Oh, yeah, and I don't want to even talk about that. Okay, yeah, well. That's in, that's in God's hands. Well, the reason I pointed it out is because you, you can detect a complete difference in your voice. Yeah, it's hard to talk, and they messed up my teeth, so I got to go back for a remake, which is uh, what I told them was I got all my teeth pulled so I could have teeth to eat, and now I have to take my teeth out to eat. Something's wrong with this picture. Fix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and folks, I wouldn't normally point something like that out. I'm not picking on my wife, but I know you can tell that she sounds different. And, you know, it freaks me out. You know, I have to look at it. Oh, okay, that is her, you know, right? Okay, anyway. Well, I got a new plan in life, and it's don't stress over things you have no control over. Guess what? I have no control over that, so <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> you should, no comment. Anyway, I, and I'm not laughing at her. It's just a situation. The world is such a, a mess. I, I'm trying to decide whether to... Uh, I got a good article here. You want to talk about? Well, let's tell the folks. Okay, we're we're just talking right now. Um, Thanksgiving, how'd it turn out? Well, it did turn out, but uh, yeah, it was uh, very very stressful. I didn't know if I, I. And guess what? I didn't make it. I had a panic anxiety attack, that, and I guess I caught a cold on top of that. But um, my husband pulled through because I had everything lined out and situated and most of the work done but all the big work was the dressing and the potatoes got stuck on my husband and he pulled through he did it well let me say this yeah my wife got sick and in fact aftermath um the day after when we got home even my my son and i both got sick and so we had a pretty severe flu for a few days there and and we're, we're pulled out of it, any kind of contagious or anything like that. Still a little weak from it. My son has still got some congestion, but he looks like he's getting stronger. But here's the point. So on Thanksgiving night, um, you know, the night before we, first thing that happened is, is some of our normal help that shows up to help us prepare everything. Nobody showed up. I, in fact, I was really in, I didn't dawn on me. When I was out running a few errands and I was taking my time till I came back, that nobody showed up to help. It was right, just and, me it, and, and me. I had it in. I, you notice I had everything in workstations because there was four workstations. That's how many people were supposed to show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 she was running from from work room to room, from workstation to workstation. Here's potatoes in one place, and there's onions in another place. Here's some place getting looked like for pies or whatever, and green bean and, casserole and, and crap. Uh, and and marshmallows. I had it everywhere. And, and you know, it was organized though. Yeah, it was very organized. Yeah, it was very organized. But anyway, she. Had, um, I don't know whether it was her sickness or it might have been combined with, I really thought she had a panic attack because she, 
I know I almost had a panic attack after, well, I'll just say what happened. So, okay, she, you had a panic attack or whatever. She got, I don't know if it was part of this weird flu sickness, but she had to go to bed. Boom. So that took her out of the picture. So then, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to figure, she says, do what you want, help where you can. And I'm looking all around. I don't know where's place to start at, to tell you the truth. To start with, I'm going like, well, where? Where do I start? Well, I'm thanking God for spoons at the moment because my te- my chest got real tight. I thought I was having a heart attack. The first thing you grab is what? Aspirins. I couldn't move. My husband grabs two aspirins and says, here, chew these right now. I said, I started crying. I don't have no tea. <laughs> Give me two spoons. So I put them between two, two spoons, crushed them up, took them, went to bed. But yeah, I'll never forget that in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so anyway, I so I get started and and I get into the picture and it's starting to overwhelm me because uh, you know that. Wait a minute. The, the, she said she'd get up at ten in the morning and and finish this. It was impossible to do that. Uh, impossible to get up at ten in the morning. So I just jumped in and started working. You know. And and I almost had a panic attack, you know, just, you know, at that point realizing, well, wait a minute, this is impossible for one person to do. But, you know, praying and just doing it, you know, I got done when my son got there at uh, Elijah, when he got there, or as you call him, Eliehu, um, got there about 1 o'clock. Um, I was finishing up with the potatoes and, and the big, huge green bean casseroles. Mind you, this is enough. My wife's making enough predetermined food for 200 people, which we really didn't think 200 would show up, but that because we were going to feed two days. But it's easier to have it and have it ready than you can't just cook it in 10 minutes. <laughs> right, absolutely. And, but usually, in general, we serve, we serve Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. And, and Friday. And Friday. So, you know, um, anyway, meanwhile, back to rent. So when my son got there... <laughs> I was, he did, I just told, he, he was kind of de- looked around and I had made the whole place was a huge mess, you know. Thank goodness she was in bed, right? Um, so she didn't have to see it. So my son helped me clean up the mess, you know. And then the next day, you know, we figured, okay, she's going to be better. It was maybe just a panic attack. We didn't realize the flu factor until later. Um, panic attack, you know, she's overwhelmed. So the next day, we had a couple people showed up and we started doing things. But then, what happened? To, and you got up. What happened at dinner time? Well, I got up and I got started on the desserts, which didn't ever get started because I wanted to make up 200 ahead of time. Well, I got through 120 of them by 1:30, and then Robert called and said he was going to come, so I let him take over those. And I put the turkey in the cooker, and uh, it was 2.30. I said, i got to get set up to serve. Well, I got two plates served, and my chest started locking up again. So I was going to lay down for 20 minutes. I got up at midnight to go home. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So her chest started. She got the first plate. We say the prayer. She got the first plate done, and that's it. She had she had to go back to bed. So that left me that, uh, and I'm 67, but I'm in pretty good shape. But me and a 77-year-old making the play. And plays. a 78-year-old and a 220-year-old. Well, yeah. we actually were talking. Carol, we we could we had to cut her out of the routine. Oh, you cut her out. She, Carol did not help. She wanted to help, but that was just more trouble than nothing. Because two, one, it, bless her heart, she wanted to talk, but two, she's just getting you know in, in the, the way. way. Larry and I got so that left Larry and I. Um, making the place, and we started at three thirty, and you know, so I started about three forty because that's when my wife went to bed or whatever, and we ran until six fifty eight. We fed a hundred and eighty people, which is our biggest year, and but we would have probably had that many more. We would have had a, we always have exactly that many or more on Friday. We had to close on Friday, so. We yeah. this the first year we had to close. I cried all day Friday. I really did. Okay, well, but that wasn't our fault because see, come, Friday comes, we wake up, and we know now what's happened to my wife is this weird flu, because now I got it. My son's down with it. We're rags, so we you know, so we just clean up everything you know, and and, and come home. In fact, we still wasn't able to open up Tuesday because we were still sick. Tomorrow we will be open, though. Yeah, Tuesday I just went back and put everything in the freezer, and so tomorrow we will open up. But we gave uh, 180 people 
which was our record, um, are got a Thanksgiving meal, and I know that. And praise the Lord, we technically we still fed Friday because we still did our food pickup. We put what I could use in the church and put it up in called Larcera, the girl that comes and gets all the stuff for. And she has several families that she supplies food for. She takes food to the independent center. So none of the food goes bad. Whenever we have something, we call Sarah. She finds a home for it that gets ate. So nothing goes bad. Yeah, and we did, and I did pick up a pretty big uh, food order. Um, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Food donation, I guess that's what we call it. Oh, that was really happy too because they got the daily donuts. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, those you said those three guys on the look on their face, and you said. You said, uh, what do you want? She said, I don't know if they're worth the donuts or not. I said, well, you know. And so she opened the box. You want these or donuts? And, man, they seen all those different colored pretty donuts, you know. And she said, well, there's enough for uh, 200 plates or whatever. And she opened the box, and their eyes just sparkled. Yeah, he said, put those in the front seat. Then I went into church and came back out. And he said, I called Sarah. She's got that family of seven coming over for donuts. (laughs) So anyway, anyway, so we did successfully um, get out some food on Friday, and uh, uh, but amen, amen. So yeah, there's some crazy flu out there, but here's one way I look at it: is 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 that now whatever this weird flu, this is probably whatever the seasonal thing is that's going around. So now we'll have humidity to it. So you know we got it done and over with before the middle of winter, and I'm glad for that. So you know, and we figured out we, uh, assumingly we figured out me and Larry too because he came by Tuesday that he was coming. He didn't know we were closing. Or yeah, it was Tuesday, and he we figured out why he he didn't get it is because two weeks ago he had it for seven days. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he had a cold and he cold and couldn't come out. That's right. exactly what he had. Right, right. So, so we got immunity, immunity to it. it. So we're we're good for the winter, you know. Yeah. Um and uh that's Cowboy Larry and he's what, seventy seven or eight? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. And and so uh amen, you know, so praise the Father. And we did get this new kid, Roberto. I'm praying that he decide you know, he said why well, he's been looking for a ministry like ours. Um I'm praying that he's able to come back and wants to come back. I think he was overwhelmed because he told his mom we did 300. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, what? She said, well, I heard you served 300 Thanksgiving. I said, where did you hear that? She said, Robert. And I said, oh, well, he was probably overwhelmed because we act, they had 192 wrote down, but we did 180. Yeah, but that's a, that's a lot. Well, we, we usually run from 330 to uh or from four o'clock to five thirty feeding, but we standing there and, and doing it straight from three thirty until two minutes of seven. That's a long haul just to keep feeding people just endless line. You know and it's I mean? funny because on the on the video that you made, you said, "Oh, they know they only have till five thirty. That gate gets shut." <laughs> no, and you got to tell, yeah, because it was Thanksgiving. We always wait till they get done. It went clear till seven. Yeah, well, you know, uh, here's the thing about a, a dinner, especially like that. I can I can absolutely explain all the latecomers. That's really a simple thing to do. Um, what happens is with a lot of special dinners or something, people will come and get their food. The normal people come and get it. And then they go out, and it's real special, and they tell somebody else. Yeah, and they say, hey, you can go over there and get Thanksgiving dinner, man. You better go over there and get it. You know, and so that's what happens. That yeah, is, uh, I know because I've asked. I've sit there and asked, uh, you know, the people, you know, that, that come late. Well, some, my buddy told me about it a while ago. I just found out about it, so on and so forth. So that does explain the latecomers. Well, it's like that one time we had something. I can't remember what it was real special, but 25 people came through the gate all at once, right when we were getting ready to close. Remember that? It's like, ah, uh, 25 people are going. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's because they went and told all their friend, their neighbors. Frank says, word of mouth is how the street works. Is that well, a fact, Frank? I, exactly would, I wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> Frank wouldn't know. I mean, after all, he was only homeless once for a while. No, not Frank. Yeah, well, yeah, we've talked about it in, in, a lot on here. But that's why he's got such a heart. That's why he puts up with us. See, seven years. That's a know. good number. Yeah. Yeah, seven years, and then I guess he discovered the truth. And then you what, went into talk radio, 
<laughs> I'm joking. But anyway, Frank, got to love him. Um, we're going to be coming up on the break. When we got back, folks, stick with us. we got some important things to talk about. And the last radio program that we did, when you go, if you're listening to this on podcast, make sure that you listen to that one about the great replacement thing because a lot of people are picking it up and listening to it, and it's a really important one. But the big deal is you need to listen. If you listen to that one, you need to listen to the radio program right before it about um, them, the new Ten Commandments because it's all part of it. And uh, we'll be. T- and we're also tonight. Uh, we're going to go. We've got two subjects to talk about after break. They're going to be really important, and one of them is going to go along with that Great Reset thing. And uh, of course, everything does. So tell them where they can find us at. We'll go to break. Come back. You can find all of our contact information, radio program archives, mission updates, is all on our ministry hub, which is prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. We'll be back in four minutes. Go away, Pastor Dan will be right back. What would you do if you had to tell a person the most important information in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you? Would you tell them? Well, most would. So what is the most important information in the world to all people, nations, and languages? The most important thing to do is to receive Jesus, but the most important thing not to do is don't take the mark of the beast, because... Those taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but are eternally tormented in hell. Revelation 14.11 says, The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. But how do you tell them? Give them the book, Miss the Mark. If they'll read this simple, thin, easy-to-read book, they will never take the mark of the beast. One for twenty, but don't do that. We offer them in shrink-wrapped sets of ten to give away. One set of 10 for 30, two sets 45, four sets 70 at prophecyclub.com. Miss the mark at prophecyclub.com. Miss the mark at prophecyclub.com. In this time of the social and spiritual breakdown of America and the world, in these prophetic end times, God is calling multitudes of Christians to the Ozarks and other safe havens around the world to survive so they can spread the gospel. The Arkhaven Intentional Neighbors Vision is to prepare Christians physically, mentally, and spiritually for these end times. Thousands are coming to the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas and Missouri, where even the CIA says it's one of the safest places on earth. The Intentional Neighbors concept allows Christian neighbors to own adjacent land to each other so they can aid and help each other. The community is exploding with nurses, a doctor, and other professionals as well as many others. If you cannot afford to buy a house, you can rent a house. Call 479-502-1789. That's 479-502-1789. Or visit arkhaven.org. That's arkhaven.org. Tell them Pastor Dan sent you. Well, we're back. This is Pastor Dan and, and Linda Catlin. And you're listening to Messiah's Ranch Prophecy Hour on the American Voice Radio Network. Well, first up, I've got one to to share with you all, folks. And it's really important. NASA is actually warning an asteroid could impact the Earth in, in five months. Before, And this is from uh, Israel 65, uh, Israel 65 Biblical News. Anyway, and it goes like this, and now I'm reading from them, folks. This isn't my words. Okay. Before the great and terrible day of Hashem comes, I will set portents in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of smokes. That's Joel 3.3. Look it up, but that is the Israeli Bible. This is by Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz. 
According to NASA's calculations, asteroid 2005ED224 could impact the Earth on March 11, 2023. It's estimated to be 54 meters in diameter, and normally an asteroid of this size would burn up or explode in the atmosphere. But ED224 is traveling at 61,000 miles per hour, and if it maintains its speed, the asteroid could penetrate the atmosphere and reach the ground. Such an impact would create a crater a thousand meters wide and release enough explosive energy to destroy an entire city. They're not even mentioning here how much dust would be put in the air and the sun would be, you know, it would diminish things. Anyway, if ED24 224 misses in March, it still could impact, uh, still on track to have four more potential impact dates. 2028, 2029, 2030, and 2064. Some of those dates would fall in, and people say, the tribulation is starting or starting, would fall within those dates. Anyway, though it has only one in 500,000 chance of impact, ED224 has been listed in NASA's Century Earth Impact Monitoring Database. Database, uh, okay, where did I go? Uh, Okay, I got lost. It, what, oh, one, which one? Today, yeah, the Earth uh, Impact Monitoring Database that tracks all unknown asteroids, processing even a slim chance of Earth's collisions. Oh, okay, yeah. It, well, folks, I changed screens, and that's what threw me off. Anyway, to date, NASA has tracked only an estimated 40% of the larger asteroids, and there have been several cases in which an undetected asteroid impacted Earth. Uh, astronomers consider a near-Earth near object a threat if it will come within 4.6 million miles of the planet and is at least 460 feet in diameter. Larger objects, one kilometer or more, could have global effects and even cause mass extinction, and that's 0.06 miles. You know, I mean, even if it isn't a mile big, it's enough to kill the planet. In order to safeguard the planet, this is what we've talked about before. NASA carried out its double asteroid, double asteroid re, redirection test, DART mission, in which the spacecraft crashed into a 170-meter asteroid in the hopes of deflecting it from a different to a different trajectory, steering it away from the Earth's orbital path. After a 10-month journey, the NASA craft smashed into the asteroid on September 26 on the holiday of Rosh Hashanah. But it didn't say really, we haven't heard anything much about what did it do. Did it impact it? Did it work? Really haven't heard a lot of talk. So my guess is it probably didn't work, you know, because if it worked, they'd be bragging about it. Okay. The appearance of a bright star is described in the Bible as a sign pre, pre, <coughs> pre <coughs> to come before the arrival of Messiah, as explained by the renowned medieval scholar uh, Mammonides, who described the prophecy of Balaam in the Bible as referring to an astronomical phenomena in pre-mess before the Messiah. Pre-aging, I think. Pre-saging, and it means coming before Messiah. Right. That's what it means. You know, that's third language, but it means that's what it means. If for what I see is not yet that I behold, it will not be soon. A star rises from Yaakov. A scepter comes forth from Israel. It smashes the brow of Moab, the foundation of all the children of Shet. Numbers 24, 17. Probably get a better English thing if you look it up in the King James. Anyway, Jewish sources describe a star that will appear in the end of days wrecking havoc but not destroying the world. And many refer to this as Nibiru. Before the great day uh, as the Lord comes, I will set portents in the sky and on the earth. Blood, fire, and pillars of smoke, Joel 3.3. But anyway, my point is, is, is this is happen, happening. It, like in March, we could have a big disaster, you know, this, and it's biblical. That, is Passover March or April this year, do you know? It will be in the end of March or per se, for I can look it up, but, but it would, it would yeah. be, that would be before Passover. It would be like right before, you know, within 30 days before. But the point is, is, is that, uh, it could actually happen, you know, and they're actually warning about it. So folks, you know, um, be on your toes and look out. And so, amen. Now we've got a really important article that I want to talk about. You know, we, we have, people wonder how we've got to the place we have. Well, you know, 
I keep blaming the church. I do believe it's all at the church's doorstep. The church allows things to happen in education systems. They took themselves out of all everything political. That's why prayer was taken out of the school and so on and so forth, because this church became a 5013C and no political speech, blah, blah, blah. But what happened to the schools? Most people don't realize it. Here's one prime example of what is happening in the schools. Go ahead, Mother. And this was the college. Okay. Girl goes to college normal and then had to be deprogrammed by a swollen dude. Girls go to college to get more knowledge, and boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider. What went the normalized anti-male grade school rhyme? Half the spirit has come higher education. Uh, college today can be aggressively misandrist, uh, which simply means hating men. Uh, but the girls getting more knowledge part, well, not so much. Just ask uh, Annabelle Rockwell. She arrived at college bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as she put it, only to emerge in, as an unhappy anti-male social justice warrior bent on reforming her mother and fighting the patriarchy, uh, all while wallowing in victimhood and battling a campus-acquired alcohol problem. In fact, the brainwashing was so severe that her mom paid $300 a day to have her deprogrammed. The Daily Mail reported reports on this story. Rockwell, Rockwell, 29, graduated from Mount Holyoke in western Massachusetts in 2015. Prior to attending the elite school to study history, which charges $60,000 a year, Rockwell said she grew up in a traditional household and had considered herself to be open-minded. However, the politics minor claimed uh, the all-woman school totally indoctrinated her into thinking she was an oppressed victim of the patriarchy. This professor tells me about the patriarchy. I barely knew what the word meant. I didn't know what she was talking about. She told the New York Post Times, or the New York Post. Uh, yeah, and don't add time because yeah, there, yeah. there is a New York like Times. I know. Times. That's why the, the New York Post, yeah. Okay. I wasn't someone that uh, into feminism. I just knew that I felt I had always been that free to do what I wanted. I never experienced sexism. But I was told there's a patriarchy, and I don't even understand it's been working against you your whole life. You've been oppressed, and you didn't even know it. Now you have to fight it. And I just went down this deep rabbit hole. I saw everything through the lens of the oppression and bias and victimhood. I came to the school as someone who saw everyone equal. I left looking for injustice wherever I could and automatically assuming that all white men were sexist. Stop a moment. Now, so this is elite. This is... It's been found out that over 50% of the colleges, this is how what they teach. The colleges are indoctrination places, but this is, for what is going on here in the college, it's also in the schools. They actually, it's, it's the indoctrination starts, that's why they want to get to your kindergarten, that's why they want to get kids into preschool and all that, because they want to put their indoctrination in, because just 12 short years after they start school, they vote. They're after them at two and three years old now. That's what I just said. Yeah. You know, um, but the point is, is the reason being is, you know, and even Hitler said that. He says, give me a generation of youth and I'll rule the world. Right. You know, because that's what it did. Change the ideology. But let's go ahead and hear the rest of her story. Okay. Raised in convention and Con comfort, yeah. Rockwell is hairless, airless, airness, airless. In other words, she's going to inherit heir, yeah. a pharmaceutical fortune. Yeah. She's the heiress to a pharmaceutical fortune. She was initially taken back how unbashedly anti-male the Mount Holyoke professors and students were and by the school's drinking culture. Uh, she also describes rituals uh, geared toward eliminating gender roles, such as students getting a mohawk chop haircut. Uh, and one undergraduate said it made her look like a 14-year-old Justin Bieber. It's uh, basically the lesbian look. 
uh, emerging from the indoctrination mill, anxious, nervous, depressed, and with an alcohol problem, Rockwell said she turned to onto her mother. She turned to her mother. No, she turned on her she mother. She turned on her mother. Yeah, Melinda. Even though her mother, Melinda, even though the two had once been bosom companions, she wrote a manifesto indicting her mom for allegedly being involved, unlo- being unloving, and Reducing her to wind-up toys. To being a wind-up toy. Wow. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Let's finish this. Okay. Rockwell felt it was her role to teach her mother and all others deviating from her orthodoxy the error of their ways. She states the Holyoke professors actually encouraged alienation from parents. The brutal communist Colmarug is Cambodian, did... This too. Okay, stop. The Khmer Rouge, that's communist Khmer Rouge, that's the people that we fought against in Vietnam that slaughtered people, and that was the the Vietnam War. That's who the Khmer Rouge is, and they slaughtered a lot of people, and they forced all these kinds of indoctrinations. But what they're saying is the doctrination that they use is the same as what the communists use. And, yeah, Frank, exactly, that was Pol Pot. That was the guy's name that was uh, the communist leader uh, of the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. Um, Just a little history. Go ahead. Okay, Cambodia did this, too, going as far as telling students not to uh, spend holidays with their parents, but rather to come stay with us. Rockwell further said that most students embrace their their orthodoxy and that rejecting it meant being put out from others alienated. Alienated, yeah, Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. Also attesting to this intolerant atmosphere is former congressional candidate Laura Loomer, who spent one semester at Mount Holyoke, explaining that she was bullied for her conservative beliefs by, uh, by both students and staff. She mentioned that a school chart board had a whole thread titled, I Hate Laura Loomer, reports the New York Post. Yeah, that's a chat board. Wow. The entire culture there revolved around hating men and being a lesbian, she said. Okay, now see, that, wow. this is indoctrination, you know, and you're, you're and see folks are hearing my wife say, wow, but no shock for me. I'm just surprised that, that I finally made the story made it to the media because I and a lot of people I've had on radio and a lot of other radio programs, that's why I support talk radio, have been talking about this ever since I've been on talk radio, that this was going on and that's what they were doing. But the general public doesn't want to listen to us because we are nothing but conspiracy theorists, but we have been telling you this for many many years. I've been on radio for over 20, so I've been saying it for over 20 years, and I know people that have been saying it longer than that. It's been pointed out since the communists said themselves they would do this clear back in when, oh gee, when they started. Go ahead. If this sounds like a cult, well, that's exactly how Fox News host Tucker Carlson describes such higher education while interviewing Rockwell Monday. In fact, after months of estrangement from her daughter, uh, Mother Melinda enlisted the help of a deprogrammer who charged $300 a day as well as Annabelle's old tennis coach, writes the Post, to restore the young woman's sanity. While the deprogramming was successful in Rockwell's case, perhaps because her early years upbringing uh, incultivated and emotional attachment to virtue, many other young people aren't so blessed. Thus, should parents realize the higher education today is a morally deadly farce? The school gets by a reputation earned a century ago, gets by on a reputation earned a century ago, but are actually now left-wing propaganda mills akin to communist re-education camps. That's exactly what they are. That's what they are. Yeah, absolutely. And in in most cities, that's what big cities, the bigger the city, or should I say the more liberal the city, the bigger this is. You know, um, it it goes on and on and on. Um, They're doing it to the children. You know, Uh, I put a lot of articles over there. 
<coughs> excuse me, folks, at ProphecyHour.com, you can find about this. But here's some articles from the Communist Manifesto that I'm going to share with you, just a few of these things. Um, firstly, here's some of their goals. Um, and this is from the Communist Manifesto. Remember, we're not going to go into the first 14, and I can only do a few of these. But we're going to, I'm going to start here with 15. Capture one of the, or both of the political parties in the United States. That's always been their goal. They have captured the um, Democratic Party and a huge portion of the Republican Party. Number 16, they use technical decisions of the courts to weaken American institutions, institutions by claiming their activi activities violate civil rights. That's how they got gay marriage and all these other things to corrupt the children. In fact, their whole deal is, is the, why do they want to put corruption on? Because if you go like Russia, which is still communism, not as bad as, as China, but you, you don't have them pushing immorality in that country. You don't have them now pushing immorality in communist China, entirely the opposite. But the reason that they push immorality in America is because if they'll bring, it gets a brain into thinking in a moral way. And so then the other things don't add up. It makes it easier for them to make you believe other things, you know, that, which is immoral, like being against your children and all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, it, okay, number 17, get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum, get controls of teachers' associations, put the party line in textbooks. They did all that. That is in the textbooks, and they do own the teachers' associations. The teachers' unions, uh, the, in fact, Mike Pompeo called the, uh, the, very, the woman that's the head of the teachers' union the most dangerous person in the world, and, and especially in America. Why? Because she's in charge of the indoctrination that goes on with the kids. The head of the teachers' unions is the one that kept the kids out. They agreed to make, shut down the schools. They didn't want to put the kids back in the schools. They just wanted to pay the teachers. That's indoctrination. Okay, anyway, control the schools. They did that. Gain control of student newspapers. Sure, they did that. Use student rights to format public protest against programmers or organizations that are under a communist attack. Now, that's what happened in, the, in Vietnam. You know why we pulled out of Vietnam? Because all the protests in the United States. Why, who was protesting? Well, it was the kids where? College students. And why? Because it was put into their heads by their instructors. See, this plot's been going on a long time. They were already starting to... We, uh, while they weren't as many college professors back then that were communists, they um, started putting it out, you know what I mean? They started infiltrating way back, way back, way back. It's been going on. The war against communism has been going on forever. Okay, but they did. So they that's what they do, infiltrate the press. I, do I have to even go there? You know, the press is push communists. Uh, they're all oh, pro-China. You know, they're pro-communism. Why? Because they're hooked on all the Chinese money and all the George Soros money that's pumping all these dollars in to do these things. Yeah, they control the press. That's why, um, you know, you're not informed. The church should be informing you. The press should be informing you. The press is we the people. That's why there's freedom of the press. But really, anyway, gain control of key uh, positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. That's already happened. Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American communist cell was told to eliminate all good sculpture from parks and buildings, substitute shapeless, awkward, meaningless forms, and that's what we have right now. Control art directors of art museums. All these things are already going on. Okay. Number 26. What's 26? Uh, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Right. And the one before it? 
break down critical standards of moral cultural uh, cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Go to any big city that's liberal and a lot of them that ain't liberal, and check out the school libraries and see all the pornographic books that are in there that you wouldn't read, that you, that they want to get let 12-year-olds read. Not 12-year-olds, anyone. In, I mean, it's disgusting. And oh, how, I thought I heard they were teaching that stuff in kindergarten already. Well, they are trying to. In some states, they are. In Florida, it's against the – they made a law in Florida that you can't do any of that until a certain age, and that certain age isn't even out of grade school. But they it, it took them a lot just to get the one pass no, that they I did. I think when we went to school, it was third grade. What? Yeah, we we had the boy the boy films and the girl films. I think it was, well, no, right. it might have been fifth grade. Fifth okay, grade. stop, stop, stop. There is nothing wrong with those. No. But the, what now is for teaching them how to have anal sex at two years old. Oh, how to use toys. I read somewhere, remember, they have the cucumbers and the bananas and right, all that. Right, oh, right, right. So the whole God. point, so that you can't compare what we were taught as children to what they're being taught now as sex education. Right. You know, now they're being taught pornography and degrading sex and at, you know, as normal, you know, and so... It, and there's the problem. America isn't awake. People, oh, well, I heard it on radio, but, I, you know, are, who's going to do anything about it? Well, it's too late. They already got it. I don't know what to say. It would take a major, I'm, I'm with a lot of preachers saying, well, we need a revival in this country. Yeah, we need a major revival in this country, and we need some Christians with people that claim to be Christians with backbones to stand up and do something about it. And if you don't want to stand up and do something about it, you need to support the people that are, you know, which I, I go back to that. So you, you need to support us in, t in talk radio, and you need to support everybody out there that's spreading the truth. Okay, anyway. Yon's uh, catching. Stop that. Anyway, so... I'm about wound out. Okay, so I guess we could go back to, we really do need your support to, for the Wichita Mission Church. We are the last hope for so many people. And as, as I said, Thanksgiving, 180 people, that was, yeah, we're a home church with a building. So, folks, you need to help us out. We're all responsible to care one for another. As all of us, every one of us, we're all our brother's keepers. All donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. Your heart, of course. So if you don't wish to help us for, again, consider a donation for talk radio. Airtime isn't free. Donations keep us on the air. And there's a lot of research that I have to go into finding all these articles. Go over there and look at prophecyhour.com and look at all the different articles. There's a way up there to do a search engine. Some of them are categorized. You can look at the different categories. But if you want to know about something, type it into that search engine. You know, like you can type in vaccine, you'll find things. Type in communism, see what comes up. There's a lot of stuff over there. But under radio, any of the articles that we talk about on radio are under the category of radio, of course. And so you can find the articles that we talked about um, over there. So it's a lot of work. So pray about supporting us. We want to stay on the air. We even like to expand, but we are, you know, we have to just stay with what we got for now at least. Pray about it. Okay. Um, tell them how they can donate. You can donate online by cash app, over the phone, by mailing a check or money order. You can find all that information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. Yeah, amen. And and here I always wonder, at least we had a buffer of being closed two days. Uh, we've been feeding normally up to 139 anyway. That was That's a lot. And, I, and I'm telling you, I don't know how you make that many plates, but okay. It's the Lord. Yeah, amen. It's the Lord, okay. Cause I, I, he I've, uses that with me all the time, remember? He uses it with the bills and with the food. And everybody says, how do you get so many out of that? Well, the Lord does it. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and, and uh, in fact, Larry kept saying, well, so maybe we ought to cut back. I said, well, on Thanksgiving, that, uh, you know, because Larry said, well, maybe we should stretch that or something, you know. And I said, no. 
I said, I'm going to fill up their plates no right. matter what, you know. And I did. I it, it was kind of crazy. I had to, you know, hunt for more turkey, and, and I opened up canyons. And, he always and, has paranoia running out. He does that on normal days. He says, oh, you want me to just put one in? I know, put two in there. I'll find something else when you run out. Just let me know when you're out. Oh, well, does. I'm running pretty low. I said, it's okay, Larry. Just run them completely out, and I'll get you some more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, amen. All right. Well, anyway, so pray about supporting what we do. Um, remember, you can donate online, um, that, or you can mail a check or money order, and you don't need any kind of special uh, just to, to donate. Just donate any kind of car to work. All right. We must remember there is only one true God. He is your Father. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His Son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins. And he rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way of the Father. You must repent in order to receive salvation. Salvation produces works. Works don't produce salvation. So, folks, works will come afterwards. But you have to repent and turn away from sin. Actually, that's work. Remember, always, 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 what? Be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem because when you pay, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you're praying for Messiah's return. Okay, well, I have Michael Snyder on with me in the next program. Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua Hamashiach's name. Father, that you would please bless and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and that you would be gracious to them and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Till an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You all be blessed. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for the Messiah's Branch.